Yo, 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 welcome to episode number 60 of the Basketball Card Podcast. We made it, guys, to 60 episodes. Pretty crazy. I'm your host, Adam, uh, also known as the Real 27 Guy. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram there at the Real 27 Guy. Um, or you can email me at basketballcardfanatic at gmail.com. Or if you want to subscribe to the Basketball Card Fanatic magazine, you can do that um, through going to paypal.me slash basketball card. Welcome. Um, I'm excited for this show today. It's something that I've covered twice before, but we're going to talk about it in a different way because in April of 2021, things are very different than the last two times that we did this uh, episode. So uh, the point of today's episode is to um, to cover each of the... Um, each of the consignment companies as well as each of the auction houses and to talk to you about my experience with all of them. I have experiences, at least in some regard, with with many of them and I wanna talk about those uh, in, a, in a really open way here. But before I really do that, the first thing that I need to really address, um, it, this is similar to when somebody pumps a card and then they and they don't tell you that they own the card. I think it's important to recognize first and foremost that um, although I'm going to be talking about each of the different consignment shops today and each of the different auction houses, only one of them is an advertiser for Basketball Card Fanatic magazine, and that is PWCC. PWCC is a minor, uh, a minor sponsor. Um, they are represent they represent a very small percentage of our revenue, um, but they also um, are an entity that I believe in, and so that's why. Um, I was willing to and wanting to have them as a sponsor of the magazine. Um, I've been really clear with them that I need to be able to always say what I really think about them, and they're super supportive of that. So that's really cool too. Um, so I will tell you things that I think are both positive and negative about them today and and all the others. But I think it's important, like I said, to, for you guys to know that there's some level of a conflict of interest and uh, to call that out at the beginning. Some people will ding me for that. They'll say, Oh, you know, you, you you aren't independent. You can't, you know, judge accurately. But like I said, um, you know, we get to choose who we want to have as sponsors, and who we who we promote. And um, I I've used PWCC in the past. So that in the last two, you know, in the last two times I've done the the episodes on consignment, I've been really honest about that. But but things are different in 2021. So again, we'll we'll cover a lot of things. Uh, a lot of things here today. Um, all right, so I think if you look, listen back to the last two times that I talked about consignment, uh, the thing that you'll probably walk away with was, um, for, for me, I have, have historically used Probstein a lot. Um, Probstein 123 on eBay, and there's a lot of reasons why. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I've, why I've used them in the past. I've also used ComC a ton. I've actually used PWCC the least of the three of those entities. Um, and I still have a good relationship with all three. I actually was communicating with somebody from, from ComC each of the last couple days who was super helpful. Um, but again, this is sort of like a, sort of like a state of the, a state of the grading company landscape. Uh, or not grading company, excuse me, um, consignment company and um, and auction house landscape and, and just my view and my perspective on it. And as always, I'm just going to tell you guys what I think. It's just my opinion. It's just my two cents. It may be worth something. It may be worth nothing, but I'm going to tell you what I think. And then after I do that, I'll give a real quick uh, rundown of issue eight uh, of Basketball Card Fanatic, which issued electronically and physically um, in the last 10 days. So uh, the reviews have been amazing, uh, in particular on the physical copy. And uh, I'd like to thank all of you out there who are subscribers. Again, if you're interested in subscribing to Basketball Card Fanatic, please reach out to me. If you haven't gotten a free issue before, please DM me or email me. I'm always happy to get you guys a free uh, digital uh, ish issue, but the it does it does feel to me like there's a lot of there's a lot of support for the physical issues, and so um, we'll definitely continue to do the the digital issues. I don't there's no there's no plan to stop doing those. You know that's a cheaper way to get them, obviously, and a lot of you have iPads and would rather read it that way. 
but there's a lot of people who are really hyped about the physical copies. So um, that's really cool to watch. And yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit as, as we go further on. But that's not the point of this, the main point of this episode. So let's get to the main point of this episode. So let's first um, mention that um, let's start with PWCC, right? Because PWCC is in the news right now for, for some things. And actually, it's something that I talked about with Jesse. Um, Jesse Craig is the VP of Business Development at PWCC, and I actually talked to him about a lot of these things in the magazine. So I'm not going to talk about a lot of those things on this on this episode, but I would love for you to get the magazine and love for you to read that interview because I think it's super informative. It presents it in a way that um, kind of tells you their side of the story of what what's interesting about PWCC right now, and they make some really compelling points. Uh, compelling enough that, um, that I sent quite a bit of, um, of my collection to them for safekeeping and for sale. Uh, some of them, some for sale, some, some for safekeeping. But again, we'll, we'll get to that in, in, in a bit. PWCC did a promo in March, which um, felt to me like it was um, part of a turf war that they're currently having with golden auctions. Um, golden has taken a huge percentage of market share from all the consignment and um, auction houses over the course of the last year or a couple of years. Um, they've made the news. They've had record numbers. Their uh, Golden has a lot of publicity behind them. And so obviously people have been very interested in capitalizing on a lot of that. And um, my sense is that um, you know PWCC probably, and I don't know this, I didn't talk to Jesse about this, but um, my sense is that PWCC saw some of the writing on the wall um, and noted that Golden had taken so much of this market share. And so they did a promo in March um, that enabled collectors or people owning big cards to send cards to Golden. Or sorry, to Golden. <laughs> no, they did not do that. <laughs> to P- to they, 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 the promo was to send cards to PWCC and uh, do it for free. So there were no fee, there are no fees going forward to insure cards sent to Golden during the month of March. Gosh, I said Golden again. Stop it, Adam, you dummy. Don't say that anymore. I don't know how, uh, forgive me. Strike everything I just said about Golden. PWCC did a promo that you could send your cards to them, to their vault services. Man, I can't believe I did that twice. Um, and it was, and, and the, the promo was amazing because it was, it gave you the opportunity to send them for free. And then PWCC would take the cards, image them, uh, put them on their vault platform, enable the selling power of that. Then you can move them later if you want to, to open auction or to, to sell via the vault or through, you know, um, you know, or, or potentially, or potentially other ways too. So there's a lot of benefit to this, and, and they received, um, we talked about it in, in, in the magazine, PWCC received really a record number of, of submissions. Um, that, that doesn't really do it justice. They received an overwhelming number of submissions. And we're talking about full collections. You know, if you think about that logistically, how difficult that must be, you might start asking questions, well, how could they even you know, take the, the hundreds of thousands of cards, tens of thousands, hundreds hundred plus thousand cards that they received. Um, and, and they talk in the interview about how some of the techniques and technology that they have um, about of, of doing that, which are really cool. Um, but PWCC is this entity that has, um, you know, that, that really does a, a, a real broad um, range of cards. Right, they will sell your two hundred dollar card, and they will sell sell your two million dollar card, and um, they have done that historically mostly through eBay. Now they have the Vault, which is which is on eBay as well, and um, they announced, um, and I think actually the magazine was the first place that I saw it discussed publicly at all, and they announced it more formally the other day that they have um, entered into a. a um, they, they are now getting into the extended bidding game, which is similar to the auction houses. Um, if you're familiar with, with extended bidding, what it means is, if you're not familiar, let me, give you an, let me give you an example. Extended bidding ensures 
that the person who wants an item most wins it because the item doesn't end until that last until a person has has said no i'm not going to bid anymore so the extended bidding time starts and then everybody at that point who has bid up until that point in the auction then gets to go and say i will bid i will bid and then every time they bid it resets the ending time by like an, by some amount of time and I, I don't know what pwcc is doing because their first one's not until may they haven't done it yet this format is really important um, and again is shared by all the auction houses and now will be something that pwcc can utilize via their their auction house type platform. I don't know what the name is that they've given it. I think they've called it something like Premier Auction. But the idea is extended bidding allows um, collectors and buyers to to you know always have a chance to the very end and for sellers to get the top dollar. Um, and so you know so PWCC really offers this whole range of things at this point. I, as part of this um, March promo, sent in, uh, I think I think it was f about 60 cards, um, a bunch of stuff from the late latter end of the top 100, a couple cards from earlier on, um, and and the strategy that I had as I as I sent different stuff to them was I sent them stuff both that I may want to sell or stuff that I will want to sell, stuff that I may want to sell, and stuff that I have no intention on selling at all. So it really runs the whole gamut. Um, cards that will be in my collection forever, I sent to them. But they're cards that I don't need real access to, necessarily. So the question you might be asking is, well then what did you, how did you determine what you wanted to sell or why did, or why did you send it? Um, I sent stuff because um, I think it's important to keep when your collection grows to a certain value, I think it actually is important to keep it in diverse places. So if you have, um, you know, if you have a safe at your house, or if you have a safety deposit box at the bank, um, or if you have multiple, um, you know, locations that where you live or your family lives, these are all ways of sort of separating the collection. I would kind of recommend. Um, securing your collection by diversifying the places in which they reside. Um, and so for me, I picked a percentage of my collection, it's a pretty high percentage, honestly, and said, this is these are the cards that I want to send to PWCC. I didn't send it all, I sent a lot of it. I sent cards from very high in my, in my top 100, um, uh, which is, is my, um, my ranking of my collection by, by value. I sent a bunch of them. And I sent stuff that, that was at least a few hundred dollars. So, and I think it was about 60 items in, in total. Um, sending that stuff was so easy because all you have to do, guys, you like you reach out to them and you say, hey, I want to send all of this stuff to you. And they say, how much is it worth? And then you tell them, and then they'll maybe even pay for part of the insurance to get it there. And their insurance covers the whole thing. So. You know, I get to put a big old number of insurance on there, and and it's far cheaper to insure with them through their their big um, insurance policy than it is through the mail. By the way, that is not a feature that is that is just done by PWCC. Most of the auction houses, if you were willing, if you want to sell to, through them, they will be willing to let you ship the stuff that you want to sell using their insurance policy. That's a huge benefit, guys. It's a huge benefit because then you take the risk off of you. And if you're like me, you worry about when things are when things are in the mail, right? Especially when you're talking about something that's in the tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars. So um, yeah, so I sent so I sent that stuff in there, um, and then before I did that, I sent some stuff to them for for sale um, a couple of months ago, and I think I already talked about that on this pod podcast. That was just super easy. Same thing. Got got the label, sent it to them. The stuff went up for sale. The thing that is a downside for PWCC though is that if you just enter it into their normal auction, it takes a while for it to list, and then it takes even longer to get paid out. 
this is one of the ways that Probstein um, has traditionally, I think, beaten PWCC is they're way faster to list and they're way faster to pay to the point where you know when you're getting paid from Probstein sometimes that there's no way that all of the items have been paid for. I've been paid many times the next day for, by, by Probstein and team. Um, and so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Probstein in a second too. But... Um, but yeah, uh, the bat, The other downside for PWCC is that at this point, they are only taking graded items or items that are encased from the factory. This is a problem, right? Because it doesn't, their platform now does not capture some of the cards that, like, that I collect. A lot of the cards that I collect, I don't really want, I don't need graded necessarily. I mean, I'll give you an example. Today I sold on ComC a Bill Russell autograph card from, from Totally Certified. It's a card that I've owned for like a year or two. Um, I bought it because I got a really good deal on it and I thought it was a cool card, but I didn't really buy it to keep it long term. I actually bought it because I thought my son Aaron might want, might want to buy it and because I knew it was a good deal. And it was a good deal. I ended up selling it for a lot more, but I sold it on ComC. Part of the reason that it went to ComC was because... Um, it was because I couldn't send it to PWCC. I could have still sent it to Probstein. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's not good that, that I can't send non-graded stuff to PWCC. Totally get why they do it. They want to ensure that they don't have as many issues with um, alterations and with condition issues. Um, you know, I can I can imagine that's where a high percentage of returns come from is those types of things, specifically condition issue things. So them doing away with that is helpful to them to streamline their business, but it hurts us, I think, in, if we want to send them that, that type of thing. Um, having said that, one other thing that's a great value of PWCC is if you, um, you, know, if you have a vault set up, a vault location set up at their, at their vault, then you can buy something on eBay and then have it shipped straight there. A lot of people utilize this because they live in states where they have to pay sales tax. But if your account is domiciled in Oregon with the vault, which it will be if you have it, if you have that as a shipping address, then you don't pay that fee. Um, then you don't have to be there to collect your mail. It all goes to them. They image it. They do everything. And then you find out later that it's there. It's great that they do that. But here's the problem. They've got such a huge backlog of stuff right now that if you order something on eBay, especially if it's raw, it may take a month or two months to get that thing imaged. And, you know, imagine if you're a seller and somebody's like, and you see that you, you, you sell this item to this guy and this guy says after two months, hey, I just got the card and it, it's not it's not what I thought it would be. Well, that that's pretty crappy. Right, like you don't that that doesn't feel very good, and unfortunately, because of how how backed up their their um, you know their their vault is at this point at receiving you know raw raw card packages, especially you you can't you can't get you can't find out really quickly. So I've had that issue on a few things. To PWCC's credit, I've talked to one of the representatives multiple times, and he has been so incredibly helpful to me in letting me know you know, where the cards are and stuff. So honestly, for me, it's worked out. It's not a big deal that I've done that. I've still been able to send stuff straight to the vault, both raw and graded, and it's worked out amazingly for me, but there are some downsides of that too. So I want to point that out. Okay, PWC was the biggest one, and I wanted to get that one that one done first. So that's that's the first one I want to talk about. Probstein, um, Probstein is the entity that I've done the most business with over the years. And if, like I said, if you listen to the previous two issues or previous two episode, episodes, you will hear me talk about them and you will hear a glowing recommendation. I love Probstein. I love Probstein because they make it easy to just put your stuff in a box, let it go and let it sell. Um, for me, I would always type out like the, the auction title um, and put it in Excel and then put them all in order and ship it to them and they would list it super fast. But like many companies, they became so inundated with extra volume that they couldn't get to everything they needed to. I feel at least partially in a small way responsible for that because I've really pumped them as, as being a really unique and important tool for collectors multiple times 
and I and I don't know how much you know how much damage I did by doing that, but I know that they had so much volume for a while, um, and I'm sure they still do, guys, because it's amazing. You just put your stuff in a box, you send it to them, and they sell it. And their fees, last time I looked, were a little bit better than PWCCs too. You can also send raw cards to them, right? Um, I don't have the fees right in front of me right now, but what you've got to know is this. And this is something that people don't know who, who haven't tried consignment before. This is really like this is really key. The consignment companies get a preferred deal from eBay. And they pass that savings on to you. So in a lot of cases, you basically sell the item with the consignment company, thus avoiding all of the work, often getting better prices because people are paying uh, people are buying a lot of things from them at the same time to save on shipping and handling and because they're more of a trusted seller in the buyer's minds. A lot of times you can do that and you can get more money in the process. So what I always say is imagine doing a lot less work and getting paid a lot more for it. That's what these consignment shops do, right? That's what, that's, that's what they live with. It's not that you that they pay all the eBay fees and then pay uh, like this other 10 or 12% on top of that. It's like a net 12% or 13% or 8% or 14% depending on what the card actually sells for. Guys, it's a huge, huge benefit, huge bonus to you. And um, again, I've said it multiple times, the consignment companies have become a permanent part of my process because while I love buying and I love I love going out and finding collections and looking at things and finding out what they're worth. I do not like the back and forth of negotiations. I do not like, you know, putting something out there and then having somebody not pay for it and returns and all that. I do not want to deal with those things ever again. And so I pay a small price, but I think I receive benefits at the same time to use a probe steam or to use a PWCC. And I'm going to keep using them forever, guys. I'm gonna keep using them forever. It's awesome. There are some little things that you lost too, but um, if you're only doing a few cards here and there, I kind of see why you wouldn't do it. But if you're buying collections or buying a ton of stuff at a time, um, they're a huge benefit. Okay, so Probistine has better fees than PWCC, but the real thing that happened with me is maybe six months ago, actually longer ago than that now, closer to a year ago now, I had a negative experience with Probistine where I sent stuff in and then it just sat forever. And it, it killed me because I was like, waiting to get cash for customers. I had customers' cards in there. I had my son's cards in there. And he was like, Dad, is Probstein ever going to list that? And it just it just took such a long time. But um, but in the end, it worked out. And, you know, it just, it was hard to have them sit for so long. Um, but, um, you know, Probstein's doing tens of millions of dollars a year in sales on eBay. I don't know what their exact number is. Um, but it's huge. It's a huge number. Probably, I, I would even guess it's probably over $100 million. Ah, that might be wrong. I don't I actually don't know about that. Strike that one from the record. But it's a huge, it's a huge amount. They do a tremendous business. If you want to just put your cards in a box, let it go, and not deal with all the fluff of everything else. Not not deal like it doesn't. It's still it's the same thing as I've said before. They don't feel like the most professional company because they don't hold your hand every step of the way the way that PWCC does. But some people don't care about that. Some people just want to get the spreadsheet in their email that shows what their card sold for and how much money is coming to them and they want to get paid super quick. And if that's what you're looking for, Probstein might be your, might be for you. Okay, now let's talk about ComC. ComC has to be of all the companies that um, of all the companies that have, that have struggled because of the um, boom of the hobby or that were that that had a had a business that would be that would struggle with the boom of the of the hobby. Comsi's got to be the biggest one because Comsi. There's several reasons why, but but one one reality is that it's hard to scale a business like Comsi. Um, Tim, uh, I believe his last name is Getch, uh, met with Jeremy Lee on uh, Sports Cards Live. A couple of weeks ago, I gotta give Tim a ton of credit. I thought he was fantastic. Um, I thought he was both honest and uh, knowledgeable about the whole situation. And I just I think he did a tremendous job. I don't know Tim. Um, I would love to have Comsi uh, advertise in the magazine. By the way, I I've, I've let them know that I would love for them to do that because um, along you know along with 
along with PWCC and the others that are that are currently advertised because I think because I think Comcy's business is really remarkable. I've always kind of wondered how they can possibly conceivably do what they do. Um, you know, they do such an incredible volume of of smaller cards, and they do the hobby just this tremendous service. But the problem is that when you take that and then you multiply that by some factor over the course of a couple of years, introduce COVID into the middle of it, and uh, and try to try to um, you know keep on, on keep up the pace, it's just not possible. How they they have twenty five million twenty four I looked at today it was like twenty four point four million dollars or sorry twenty four point four million cards in their inventory. And they're, those cards, so many of them are selling all the time. They're selling hundreds of thousands of cards a week. It's crazy, guys. It's crazy. Um, I don't know how they can keep everything straight, and especially with hiring new people. And um, I, I, I think that they do a fantastic job. Now, having said all those really positive things, they've really tremendously struggled over the course of the last few months or in the, in the last year. Um, I've got hundreds of good experiences, but the 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 fact that they've had such crazy amounts of volume combined with a deal that they have with eBay to guarantee you get their their items out in a in a quicker rushed way really pushes to the back everybody who's dealing just on Comsi, and that's really too bad because if you're like me, you know, and you've got me. You know, so, so where PWCC is for the high-end graded cards, just graded cards, you know, expensive stuff, and Probstein is for really almost anything if you want to get paid quick. ComC to me has been has always been about um, cards that are under a couple hundred dollars. Well, now that PWCC requires you to have cards graded to send to them, ComC becomes more interesting for a lot of other reasons. Like I said earlier, I sold a Bill Russell autograph out of Totally Certified today for something like $600 on Comp C. And that's not a card that historically I would have thought to send there, but it what Comp C provides you a lot of value because you can put it out there for whatever price you want to. It'll if it doesn't sell, it just sits there. It doesn't I mean, it doesn't cost you very much. It's something like they charge you something like a penny for a card to sit out there for a month at a time after it's already been there for three months. It costs almost nothing to list the card. And then if you do sell it, there are fees, and the fees are you know, 10% at cash out, and I think 5% at time of sale. So in the end, you pay something like 15%, which is, which is a high number. But because of the platform that exists and because that you can then take that cash that you get and, and, and buy other things with it on the ComC platform, because there is no, and then because there's no um, shipping that you have to always be doing, it, it makes a lot of sense and it's really useful. The problem is that everything is so bogged down and so slow right now that it feels borderline unusable, you know? And, uh, and that's, that's a problem. Look, I bought my best card in my collection from Comsi. I bought my Kobe Bryant 2012 Gold Prism number one of ten from them. Um, I bought my Kobe Revolution 2015 auto from them. I bought my LeBron James 2012 Prism Silver from them. There's some there's some higher and nicer cards there, um, and uh, and I I like I really appreciate what they do. I think they they run. Tim said on, on his show with Jeremy that he wanted to create something that was like really like for collectors. I think they've done that. I think that it is a um, it is a platform that is for collectors. It's you know it, it allows you to turn your inventory into other things. It allows you to not have to worry about the shipping because it's all stored in a central location. It is such a cool idea for a business, and and exists in a space that is that is not being attacked, at, uh, um, not being attacked by the um, by the other entities because it's not a high margin business. Nobody wants to sell two dollar cards, it seems, except for Comsi. Um, they do it at a high percentage. Yep, I I get it. I'm aware they do it at a high percentage, but but they do it, and they do it well. Um, but right now they don't do it well because because they're too bogged down. So I can't wait for the time where they're back on pace and they're doing a, they're doing a really good job. Okay, those are the three.
consignment shops that we've talked about historically. That's the experiences that I've had with each of them right now, as well as you know some of the other things and how they're competing with each other and how they're competing with the auction houses. And in the case of PWCC, uh, it talked also about you know, you know how they're how they're going to be competing with the auction houses. Well, what I haven't discussed with you guys before is the auction houses. And the thing that I keep having, I get, I would guess I get a fair number of of requests or, or questions about random things, maybe more than the average collector does. I get a lot of questions that are like, why, why, you know, what is this extended bidding all about? Well, how does this work? Or, you know, when I see a price on Golden, what was actually paid for it? And things like that. And I want to talk about a few of these things um, right now, but um, but just know that that really, like for for the for, for the purposes of this conversation, we have the auction houses, which is which is the ones that we're about to talk about, and the consignment shops, the ones that we just talked about. PWCC is now officially sort of bridging both of those. PWCC because they're doing their extended bidding feels like both an auction house and a consignment shop. They're really attacking all levels of this service and and that's cool. I think it's cool. Because it comes becomes more of a one-stop shop and they have you know, they have the systems there to that, that they feel like can help handle that. My experience with their systems has been perfect too. But anyway, let's let's talk about let's talk about now the auction houses. I have bid on Robert Edwards auctions. That's the first. That's the first auction house I want to talk about. Robert Edwards sends out. I think it's twice or sometimes three times a year. They'll send out this really incredible. Um, and I've I've talked about this before. I actually talked about this on Blowout once upon a time. They send out this really amazing catalog with beautiful pictures and well written um, explanations of what the item is. And. They, they send this out. They actually sent one out just a few days ago uh, with their auction that's coming up. Um, and, and it walks you through you know, everything that will be in their upcoming auction. They have extended bidding, um, which um, there's different forms of ex extended bidding. There's extended bidding where every item in the whole auction continues to be available 5, 10, 15, 30 minutes at a time if any one item in the auction gets a bid. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit I, I'm a little bit forgetful on which which auction house does which, but but um, you know some do that as the extended bidding where if if any item in the auction, any extended bidding period in the 15 minutes or whatever it is, if any one of them gets a bid, then they all then they're all up for another 15 minutes afterwards. That can be pretty tiresome because you can get to a point where you're, you know, you're waiting hours to see if your if your card is done being bid on. The good news about that, and this this is especially good news if you're a seller, is that you get to actually see what the item's really worth. You know, rather than like somebody coming in there and like getting a real deal on it or a, a real bargain, you know, because they come in and snipe it. There is no sniping, right? So um, Robert Edwards has that. They have the the um, the catalog, which is beautiful. They do. I think they do the nicest catalog. Um, the The issue with Robert Edwards for me is they don't do a lot of uh, basketball. They do some vintage, and I bid on some. Um, but uh, they, I believe, they have a twenty percent buyer's premium as well as you know most of the places do. So what that means is if you win an item for a thousand dollars, you pay an extra twenty percent on top of that. And then you also are including taxes and, and shipping on that. So you might win an item for $1,000, and that's what your final bid was, but you may end up paying $1,300 to actually get that item to you in the end. Or maybe even more, maybe like $1,350. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's an extra 30 to 35% when all is said and done between, again, taxes and insurance and the buyer's premium. The, the most important part of that is the buyer's premium. So, so again, all of these, all of these entities. That's not just Robert Edwards. That's all of these entities. Robert Edwards, though, like I said, uh, love the catalog, um, love what they do in the vintage space. If I was likely to see a 1968 Topps test card, I would probably see it on Robert Edwards before I'd see it anywhere else. Um, 
and yeah, um, their bidding platform um, it does look like you're stepping back in time about 15 years. Um, it, it looks old. Um, I don't believe they allow you to pay with PayPal. I think it's all, I think most of the auction houses don't allow you to pay with PayPal. It's all like credit cards or checks and, and cash and wires and things like that. So that's different for most of us. Um, after Robert Edwards, let's move on also to Heritage. Um, I had an opportunity to engage with Heritage a couple years ago about potentially moving a collection, um, not of cards, but of memorabilia. And I, I talked with somebody who worked over there. He doesn't work, there, work over there now. Nick Sepero, um, who who's written for the magazine in the past, and it's just a, a, a great guy. Really like Nick. Um, he doesn't work over there anymore, but he did at the time. And and um, and in in uh, the end, I wish I would have gone with Heritage um, on that specific uh, that specific collection. I can't get into that collection too much for various reasons, but um, but I always like the feel of, of Heritage. You know, they don't they're not the loudest voices. Um, but they, I think they do a good job and they've been around a long time. Um, but they're not the leaders in the card market by any means. Having said that, they do, they are selling more higher, higher amount of cards than they've ever sold before because the card market's been so hot. And they've done exceptionally well. I lack intelligence right now on Heritage. Um, I haven't ever won anything from them and I've never sold anything through them. So with all that said, um, keep an open mind on them. They have a buyer's premium just like everyone else does. I'd be interested to know if they accept PayPal payments. Um, you know, look into their their extended their version of, of extended bidding. But but get familiar with them because especially if you're a high end person uh, or high end high end collector, you might you might find some of the things that you're really looking for on Heritage. All right. Um, next up is then you've got a couple of other ones. You've got guys. I don't know anything really a lot about Leland's or Mile High. I've registered for both and bid on things but I've never actually won anything and then you got the big one the one that has really caused just tremendous stir in the in the market over the course of the last year and that's golden auctions run by Ken Golden um, and uh, they've grown incredibly right they took 40 million dollars of capital um, the thing one thing that you've got to know about that 40 million dollars of capital is we know that they were given that, and we actually know, because Ken talked about it on, again, Sports Cards Live with Jeremy, we know they were actually given more of that. What we don't know is what percentage of that actually went onto the balance sheet. So for you non-accounting people, let me tell, describe what that means. When an entity like Golden gets a growth round of financing, the question has to be asked, how much of this is going to actually go into supporting the company? And I don't think, and I might be wrong about this, by the way, I don't think we actually know how much of it went, goes on the balance sheet or went on the balance sheet. That's usually a very private matter. But in some cases, a $40 million growth round of financing, uh, you could get $5 million that goes onto the balance sheet. And $35 million goes to the owner or to the founders. Um, Ken mentioned briefly on Sports Cards Live that, that he got some piece but he didn't quantify that, and he shouldn't. He doesn't need to do that. He, there's no reason that he would need to do that. But it's important to recognize because if Golden really did get forty million dollars to really grow, and he didn't take very much or any off the table, that is a really significant amount of an investment to to really benefit that entity. That's important because Ken's already the loudest, strongest voice in the room, right? He's a guy who can who can stand up and say what he thinks or feels about something, and a lot of people listen. Um, and, I mean, there were athletes, well-known people, and, you know, pe people who were, like, really, like, pop culture icons that were part of that investment. It made, it, it, it caused a lot of waves, and a lot of people were really interested and excited about that. But there were other people, and, I, and this is probably where I find myself, who are not super trusting, who, um, who haven't maybe had the, the best dealings with, uh, with Ken or with Golden over the years. I don't, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but what I will tell you is I've had um, an instance with, uh, with Ken and with Golden that was really, really negative. And again, I don't want to get into the details of that, um, uh, but, but it wasn't positive. And, um, 
you know, for those of you who, who know me, just, just know that I, I've casted my vote and it's not for golden auctions. Um, having said that, um, you know, I know I bury myself a little bit when I say that because I don't want to, you know, I don't, there are great people who work over there and they're, and, and I don't know Ken perfectly either, by the way. I, I am not in a position where I, where I would be willing to say, hey, this is a group or a person that I'm completely writing off and I'm never going never gonna to do any business with them. In fact, I bought a wonderful collection of Jerry Sloan memorabilia from them recently, and I had a very positive experience. It could not have gone better. Um, but that negative experience is still there. It really it did happen. I can't do anything to shake that. It really did happen. So, um, you know, I'm... I, um, I, I obviously, you know, we could talk about some of the other issues they, they've had. You know, they have the issues, obviously, with their servers and they've, they've, their auction has gone down for days at a time and things like that. Ken um, was pretty, tra- I felt like he was pretty transparent on his show with, or on Jeremy's show talking about that. Um, and, and they believe that, you know, by, I think he said by June or July, that they will definitely have all of that under control and that there will be new systems in place. And, he talked about not, you know, being able to rush technology, and I can empathize with that, surely. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens with Golden, with with a lot of money, with one of the biggest faces and names in the hobby, with a guy who's on the news all the time. You know, despite the fact that I had this one really negative experience, I do really still root for them, and um, I root for them because they represent us in a lot of ways. And I don't think, even though I'm rooting more for PWCC, I don't think there's anything wrong with PWCC having some really good competition. And so, uh, you know, if if Golden does does really well, that would be really great for the hobby. But um, but they, like all the other auction houses that I mentioned, they have a buyer's premium. It is 20% for most of us mortals. I've heard rumors that uh, that you can negotiate that downward. I don't know that that's true. I've heard rumors of that, um, but they've been selling record numbers of, of auctions. What I will tell you about my Jerry Sloan lot that I bought and a single card that I, that I bought from them too. I bought just a cheapo, like $125 card from them um, as well. The They do charge tax and um, there are also fees for using credit cards and there's ways that you can save that obviously through doing a wire. I just did a wire, but my bank, I think, charged me 20 bucks to do the wire, but it was totally worth it. And again, it was flawless. I just couldn't say anything better about it. And, and obviously, I think we're all excited to see what the, the new auction platform looks like. Um, but that new auction platform that uh, they're going to run, in my opinion, it seems that that is going to really be uh, the, the, the entity that's really competing with that is going to be PWCC. Um, PWCC, um, you know, you they they come to this to this space not with the experience of running extended auctions. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. I was talking with a buddy today on Instagram who's who's submitting something to them. He really believes in them, and and so he's going to submit something to them for their first extended uh, auction. But he is nervous that they're not going to have enough people watching. You know, he's nervous because PWCC has always been an on eBay thing, and now they're they're pulling away from eBay. Um, no, I shouldn't say pulling away because um, you know that's that's something that Jesse addresses. They're not pulling away from eBay, but they're doing part of their their um, you know they're they're executing their auctions for these super high end items with the extended bidding off eBay. So it's going to be interested interesting to see how this turf war works out because it feels to me right now like you've got two big auction houses that are really just going at it. We've heard Ken say say things about PWCC. He refers to them as his friends in Oregon. It's Oregon, Ken, not Oregon, but his friends in Oregon, and he's referred to them as a four-letter word. We haven't really heard as much out of PWCC about Golden. They don't really seem to comment back on some of those things that he says. Um, uh, you know, he they don't play a back and forth game. They're just kind of just doing their thing. But, but it has felt like a turf war with the with the promo that PWCC did. Golden setting these record numbers, uh, you know, record numbers for auctions, and, and a lot of people have a lot of strong feelings. 
So, you know, the question comes, Adam, and I had this question recently. Adam, I have a card. I think it's worth somewhere between 400000 and a million dollars. Where do I sell it? And the great answer is we don't actually know, <laughs> right? Um, both Golden and PWCC will tell you that they are the answer. I think time's gonna bear that one out to give us to give us a better idea of, of where. But but the the market is both sophisticated and imperfect. Um, players in the market, bidders, but big buyers, they sometimes do gravitate, and this is something Ken's talked about a lot. They gravitate towards people they trust and entities they trust. And so if you've got somebody who's got a relationship with Ken Golden and they've got $10 million and they want to spend it on cards, there's a chance that they're going to spend way more money on a given card if it shows up on that platform than if it shows up on another. The question is, how do these, you know, how does PWCC get those people? Do they already have those people? Are those people people who have been bidding on eBay? I don't actually know the answer to that. Um, but what I do know is that, uh, that these auction houses are now a very viable way to sell your high-end cards, so much so that the biggest seller of cards on eBay had to go out of their way and create their own auction house sort of platform to have this extended bidding to capture and to compete, to capture those high-end auctions and to compete with the goldens of the world. And I think that's super interesting, right? We're, we're, in, the, we're in the world of of billions of dollars in these types of assets being traded every year now. And we're doing podcasts about it. We're all talking about it. We all know, you know, it's a, in some ways it feels like a small fraternity. Wise man once said to me, this is a really small fraternity. It still feels like that in a lot of ways, but it also feels like we've grown to the point where, where we don't know all the key players anymore, especially when it comes to the funds and, you know, the guys that are, that are investing on behalf of other people, fractional, uh, the, the fractional ownership groups and things like that. So those are some of my thoughts on, um, on the auction house, um, the, on the auction houses. Um, the, the last thing that I'll say about, about those before we move on is um, I saw a thread today. It was first time in a long time I've commented on blowout. I saw a thread today, in fact, I'm gonna pull it up while I'm talking to you guys, um, about PWCC and about them really competing with, with Golden and doing, the, um, you know, doing, doing their own extended auction house. And, and as often happens, um, these, this conversation has people on really different sides of it. You've got people who are like me, who are, who are really pro PWCC and who like what they're doing, but then there are the people who are are quick to also recognize some of the things that happened in the past, um, which have shown a light on aspects of um, aspects of consignment that are that are pretty dark. Um, you know, people have used consignment for years to hide bad behavior, and there's no way to know when an item is submitted to those auction houses, necessarily who it's being submitted by. Um, you know, a bad guy can always figure out a, a way to get cards to, to a consignment shop and to have that consignment shop mask as their, you know, stand in their way of getting caught or in, in, stand in their way of getting caught. Um, it's unfortunate because it is such a tremendous service that so many of us really appreciate and are and, and require but it also is a way for bad guys to, to figure out how to pass on their, you know, their bad things. I don't, I don't know how to not have both. And I don't, know, I don't know how to completely rid consignment shops of the bad guys other than to just not have consignment shops. Or, or for the purposes of this conversation, or to have auction houses. Um, I know that, that Ken Golden is so good at messaging that he understands that as soon as there's an, an, an idea that a card might be um, um, altered, he removes that thing immediately. I wonder how the consigner feels about that in that moment because it basically buries the value of that card. And as long as he's right that the thing is altered or fake or whatever, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But I hope that we never have a situation where He's quick to do that, and then he actually harms the value of something that hasn't been altered. Um, it's just tough. 
altered cards are tough. But anyway, this thread on blowout, um, and there's some really smart, wonderful resources of our, of our community um, on blowout called BODA, the Blowout Detective Agency. And those are guys who I have tremendous respect for because they have helped unearth um, millions of dollars in fraud. And they have done so much good for our community. And I just don't have anything but positive things to say about them. But they have, have always been very anti-consignment, um, PWCC in particular. Um, I don't know if they feel like... I've never really talked to them. None of them are really open about who they are. They try to be pretty... You know, they try to... Maybe not. Maybe not none of them. But I think a lot of them... I don't have relationships with a lot of these guys. I've tried to talk to, to them throughout the years. But it seems like what they are trying to do is trying to really warn people of like the evils of PWCC. The hard part about that is I think that... I, I believe that they're well-intended. And... I believe that they are sure that they're right. But I also like have all these really positive experiences that I've had with PWCC. And so I've got to like sort of like look at both of these things. I'm listening to smart people like um, the BODA on, on Blowout. And I'm listening to my own experiences. And I'm like, hey, what, which of those things do I trust, right? Like, which, who do I believe? And that's what we all have to do is we have to like listen to all the voices and figure out who we believe in the end. I don't really know, like I've, I've um, unfortunately proven in my life that I'm not perfect at being able to tell who is always telling the truth, right? I've, like most of us, made mistakes on trusting people in the right moments or in the wrong moments and, um, and found, found over and over again that humans uh, fail, right? We are all prone to making mistakes. And I put trust in people sometimes that I've been wrong on. And so you, you always wonder when you send your cards to a consignment shop or to an auction house, are they, you know, are they worthy of my trust here? And you don't really know until you get paid. And then even if you get paid, there's always a chance that something like that could be clawed back. There's always, you know, there's, there's risk there, guys. There, there is. I'm not going to lie. There's, there's definite risk there. But there's risk with anything. You know, there's risk in no matter how you buy or sell your cards. There's risk every moment, every day you get out of your bed in the morning. Um, not to get too philosophical, but it's true. There's just always risk. I am Team PWCC, and um, and I know about their their fail their failures early on. Um, not not just early on, but in the last you know in the last two three years, some of the mistakes that they've made. And I'm and I'm sure that the people who work there have made mistakes too. Just like I'm sure that the bank that I bank at has had a lot of mistakes that they've made. And, you know, my wife has probably made mistakes. I don't know of any, but she's probably made mistakes. And my parents probably have too. Everybody's made mistakes. If you're, de if you're looking to deal with the perfect people out there, um, with just people, perfect people out there, you're going to really find not very, very many to deal with. And what you're going to find is even those ones that seem like they're the very, very best are going to still make mistakes. So... You know, to, to Corndog and Super Dan 49 and those guys who are, who are on Blowout, I just want you guys to know, um, I think you are the very best. And this is an issue that I do disagree with you on. If you would ever like to have an open conversation or dialogue with me, I would actually love to have that. Um, but, uh, but for the time being, I'm going to keep listing my cards with PWCC. All right. This has gone way longer than I thought it would. I haven't even talked about the magazine. Um, the magazine, the thing that you first have to know about it is this article that I, or this interview that I did with Jesse was, was, was great. Um, actually, you know what? The first thing that you need to know about it is that we printed it this month and it turned out freaking awesome. That's what you need to know about it. It comes in a sleeve that makes it feel like you're getting a card in the mail, not in a bubble mailer, but you're just getting a straight up card in the mail. You know that the face of the magazine is a famous iconic card with our logo along the top our issue number and the date. And that's all That's all the cover is. Um, it leads to some issues, by the way, because if you have a highly pixelated card, like many, like most old cards are, you end up with a high, higher degree of pixelation on a much larger um, full-size magazine than you would on a little tiny basketball card. Um, but it comes, this, this magazine's 28 pages. It is beautiful. It looks great. It's got the barcode on the back, how you order. It's got... Everything that you want to know about it, and every issue has five or six things. It has that awesome cover. 
has four indices that represent how well the whole basketball card market did during the prior month and then how well the vintage, pre-modern, and modern uh, uh, indices did. Um, it has an interview that I did with somebody who you want to hear interviewed. Um, it has multiple community pieces done by people who are passionate, who are seeking to teach the community about something that's important to them. Um, every issue so far has had Wyatt's Art, which is written by Black Griffin Cards, which um, if you're like me and you, you are not as artistic, you will learn from those articles and it will be worth the price of admission just for that. We sell the magazine both digitally and physically. Um, historically, it's just been digital, but we've had such a tremendous demand for physical that we finally took the leap and we did it. We um, will do that going forward. It does seem like it's financially viable. I will say it will be more financially viable as we get more subscribers. I'd love for the day to come where we don't have to charge 14 bucks a physical copy, but we could get uh, something delivered to your door. We could get the magazine actually printed and delivered to your door for 10 bucks. Um, you might say, well, Beckett can do that or any magazine can do that. Why can't you do that? What you have to know is when you're printing small quantities of magazines, printing is actually pretty expensive. So, and then printing, packaging, mailing, it's all expensive. So, but we're trying to make a, we're trying to make a real difference in the hobby. And I, I, I know we have, that's awesome. We've got subscribers that just absolutely love the magazine. Like I said, 28 pages is no, it's no small deal, guys. It is all well written and it's, and it's all interesting. And so the, our next, our next issue is going to be great. I'm super excited for it. I hope you order it. Um, basketballcardfanatic at gmail.com is the is the PayPal address. You can DM me uh, at, at the real 27 guy. You can also go to paypal.me slash basketball card. You can paypal.me slash basketball card and just order it. You can get it on in PDF, you can get it on you know in paper. It's now you know up to you. If you want to order for a long time, you, there are a few people who have done lifetime subscriptions. I've told people along the way you can do the whole thing, you can do a lifetime subscription for 500 bucks. That gets you every digital copy that we ever make. You just have to print, pay the the fee, the um, the printing and postage to, to have it mailed to you if you do that. But you can also order one at one issue at a time. You know, pay 14 bucks to just get the next one printed and sent to you. But what I would recommend that you do, especially if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, like just spend 35 bucks. Just do one time $35 payment. Again, go to paypal.me slash basketball card. 35 bucks, and that will get you the next three physical copies. Get each of those in the mail and tell me it's not worth your 35 bucks. Seriously, you will tell me that I'm right about this. I promise, okay? Um, in fact, I will even go this far. Order the three magazines, and if after you get the three you say, you know what, this wasn't good, this was not worth my time or my energy, I will actually give you all of your money back with the exception of the printing and postage. Right, so I'll take that and I'll give you the rest of your money back. So that it's of no profit to me. You will not, you will not do that though. We've not had a single person yet who's ordered the magazine and asked for a refund. Um, and we sold three thousand copies. So take that for what it's worth. All right, let's talk about let's talk about last issue. The PWCC article is fantastic. Jesse's amazing. I asked him every question I wanted to, and he answered every single one of them. He was fantastic. Um, I asked him some hard questions too, guys. I asked him why PWCC decided to make all bidders' information hidden. It used to be, or you know, you you can still on most eBay auctions look and see like the feedback score of um, of the people who were bidding, and PWCC did away with that. And so I asked him, and I it was a hard question, and he took a couple paragraphs and answered it. I highlighted some part of the answer on Instagram, but I didn't highlight the whole answer. I followed up and asked him what percentage of the items go unpaid. I think that's important to note. He straight up told me. Um, I asked him what they did about people who were shilling, that they find are shilling. He told me what they do. He told me a few stories. He published those. It was awesome. Uh, he also told me why they're able to list items so quickly and what the promo has been like and what's in store for the future and some of the things that they're working on, including, again, we were the first to learn about Basketball Card Fanatic was the first Sorry, to learn about extended bidding. Well, we got to learn about 3D imaging that they're working on with cards, which is so flipping cool. Okay, all of that they shared with us. That all comes in issue eight. Uh, we got to hear from the great Putnam Cards, 
who somehow in 2021 found a 2008 gold uh, chrome Kobe Bryant with LeBron James guarding him on blockers. I don't know how he did that. It's amazing. But he tells the story, and it's um, it's told in a wonderful way, but it's also designed in a fantastic way. Shout out to Black Griffin Cards for always being the best part of Basketball Card Fanatic. He is fantastic. Uh, Frankie3500, awesome as, as, he always, as, as he always is. If you've ever read anything um, that Frankie's written before, you know that he's both sincere and smart. He is... A shop owner, and he talks about how he acquired the shop and what the ride's been like since then and some of the key things that he's taken away from that. Great stuff. Then we had an article by the one and only At The Real 27 guy who wrote about uh, the second best RPA ever made. Part one. I talked to a few people in the industry who had strong feelings on this, and we initially gave the... Um, the community the chance to vote between seven of the greatest RPAs of all time. Number one is clearly the LeBron James 2003 out of 99. But the question is, what is the second best um, RPA? So we talked about things like the Luka Doncic National Treasures, the Steph Curry National Treasures, the Kevin Durant Exquisite, the Dwayne Wade Exquisite. We talked about all those and more. We had the community rank them. And then in issue nine, we're gonna talk about the market cap of those and whether that bears out what the community thought. The community had strong feelings on this. And I had several really people like, um, um, uh, well, a, a lot of really smart people. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna forget anybody, so I'm not gonna start naming them, but all people that you know who, who commented on this. Um, the next article is called Lost in the Shuffle and it has real highlights of the cards uh, out there for, for Pete Maravich. Connie Hawkins and Clyde Drexler. Um, this was uh, was a really great piece. If you collect any of those guys, or if there's if there's any interest in collecting guys that are not the mainstream people to collect, um, I thought Emil did a fantastic job on this, and uh, and he, that was the second second time he's written for us in a row. So grateful for him. And then lastly, you get the thing that, like I said, is always worth the price of admission, and then that's that's why it's art. Uh, Black Griffin Cards looks at Prism and the history of Prism and why Prism is art in and of itself. Um, what's funny is I think people there's a number of people who will see the Instagram post and they'll say, "Oh, I'm going to comment on this and I'm going to complain about it or disagree with it or whatever," but they don't ever read the article. You read that article, it will change how you think. You read any of Black Griffin's Black Black Griffin cards articles, and they will change how you feel about the the subject matter. Stuff that I thought I knew a ton about, I came away looking at different because of Black Griffin cards perspective, and not only like perspective as far as good or bad or art or not. It's like here is why it is art why it's art teaches us why it's art why is prism art you got to check it out in basketball card fanatic issue eight i want to send it to you i want to send them all to you the subscriber base has grown significantly over the last month guys we are getting there it is still at this point a labor of love um i Really appreciate those of you who have um, subscribed and those of you who give me feedback. Those of you who message me and say, I haven't gotten it, I need it, let me know when it's coming. Um, when's, the next, when's the next issue? Just know, like, please order before we distribute. It makes it so much easier than trying to, or trying to get it to you after. Getting you the copies afterwards is, is troubling because it, there's not a, a really good um, automated way to do that at this scale. Um, we could pay somebody else to do it, but instead I end up basically sending one one copy here and one copy there after the magazine comes out. It would be far better if everybody would just subscribe to the magazine. Um, and having said that, that makes it sound like I'm not appreciative. I'm super appreciative, guys. All the support's fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support. Please, if you can do one thing for me, order the magazine in physical copy, take it into your LCS, and tell them to order it because what I'd love to do is I'd love to have every LCS order five copies and then send that send those out. 
Um, I hope that uh, I hope that this everything we talked about today has been helpful from the consignment companies to you know the auction houses to everything that's in the magazine. Um, I really would love to I'd love to to help however I can and um, in getting you guys the magazine or if there's anything else that you've got any questions on, let me know. Um, sorry that the sorry that the podcast has been a little bit a little bit few and far between. I didn't even talk about the fact that my wife had a baby two weeks ago. I'm a dad again for the fourth time. Holy crap! I'm a dad for the fourth time. I've got a big time career, and I'm running a magazine. What the heck am I even doing, guys? I'm crazy. Okay, until next time. Happy collecting.